This is Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. This week, we have the founder and host of the Immigrantly Podcast. Immigrantly Podcast is dedicated to highlighting unique American stories and experiences. I am your host, Donnie Khan, and today joining me, we have a wonderful guest for you guys, uh, the talented, insightful host of the Immigrantly Podcast, Sadia Khan. Sadia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Sadia, we'll talk a lot about the Immigrantly Podcast and how you started this uh, this great platform, uh, but on that podcast, you feature stories uh, of the immigrant experience in, in the United States, and you also feature some non-immigrants as well. Uh, you yourself are an immigrant, so let's start by uh, talking a little bit about your experience. I know you don't want to go too deep into it, uh, but uh, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you for having me here. This is wonderful. By the way, before I start that, I want to tell you guys this is a great setup that you have here. The room is pretty spacious. <laughs> um, I remember once I was interviewing a guest in New York City in a studio which was the size of a closet. Oh, wow. And it was so claustrophobic. So I should be <laughs> apologizing to that guest. I should write an apology note. But going coming back to my story, I'm originally from Lahore, Pakistan. And so I basically lived in the world's two greatest cities, Lahore and New York. Yeah. Um, my story is honestly like accounts of all the other immigrants. I came here with my husband in early 2000s for his education. So he had applied to a graduate program in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We didn't think he'll get in. But he did. So we packed up our bags and we flew here. And the next day he was in class and I was left to navigate a strange land. From that, we are here and we call America home. That is amazing. So that was a pretty quick transition for you that has come a long way since. It has. And and there are a lot of twists and turns and sure. struggles and failures and successes. But if I spend, like, if I go into that, it will be a lot more than just half an hour. Yeah. But I will say this. I feel like immigrating from one country and settling into another is such a humbling experience. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage. And a lot of resilience to do that. So even without, you know, scaling buildings and expected to be cross, like to cross the Mediterranean Sea by boat, I think all of us in some form and shape are superhuman because we we transcend boundaries and we accept strange land and we make we carve our own space there. And it takes a lot of courage and resilience and a shout out to all immigrants who've done that. I'm, I'm proud to be an immigrant and I'm in awe of all the immigrants who do that. That is that is a fantastic point, Sadia, because, uh, you know, in the best of circ- under the best of circumstances, the act of leaving one's homeland yeah. and your country and shifting everything to a different place, whatever your reasons are, uh, is an incredible act, as you just pointed out. And then we think about the stories of the people who have it so bad that they are willing to risk everything that they have just to get to this country because of what it represents. And I think you are absolutely right. A shout out to all the immigrants who come here because the act in itself is is something to, to admire and appreciate and have an understanding. Yeah, and in many cases, some of them are really forced to flee their homes. Some of them don't even want to be here. So we have to recognize the fact that immigrants come in all shapes and sizes and forms. Like we, my husband and I came here for his higher education. 
um, there are people who come here for economic reasons, but then there are those who, who flee persecution and they always, they are, most of them want to go back um, yeah. to where they came from. And, and that's the beauty of immigrant experiences because it has such a vast diversity and spectrum on which immigrants fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the podcast. How long has it been and what, what got you started uh, on the Immigrantly podcast? Okay, this may sound cliche because I'm sure a lot of people after 2016 elections were catapulted into activism. I was one of them. Uh, 2016 elections were probably the most significant trigger for me. Because as you know, Donnie, there was a lot of negative rhetoric around immigration and immigrants. And immigrants were basically dehumanized on a regular basis. And they still are. And they still are. And as an immigrant, I just felt so targeted and hurt. And I was like, oh my God, if we had a platform where we could challenge some of this like hateful rhetoric and that was being spewed on daily basis. And that's how Immigrantly was born. Uh, it was called The Alien Chronicles when I started yeah. the podcast. And I was just being creative. I was like, okay, let me reclaim the word alien. Right. And it was supposed to be, you know, tongue-in-cheek title. And I don't think many people got the joke. Plus, I <laughs> guess as the podcast grew, so did the scope of the podcast. Yeah. And I felt like um, I felt like that particular moniker had just outlived itself. Right. And I had to create something that was more representative of our aspirations and more representative of the mission and vision of the podcast. So we so- switched, we rebranded it to Immigrantly. And yeah, that that's the basic story. How how long has it been under the Immigrantly um, brand right now? I guess almost like five months um, okay. or less. I It started in September. I think we changed the name in September. So it's been, what, four months? Yeah. yeah. And, and I love it, by the way. I love the name Immigrantly. I love the branding that you have going with it. I know uh, you were probably disappointing a lot of people who were coming to your podcast looking for Martians and other alien life form. With alien <laughs> I know. I, that <laughs> happened once. Somebody wrote this um, review on Apple Podcasts, and the guy was so mad. He was like, I was expecting aliens. This is all crap. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're That's right. Funny. People were expecting something else. So now, now you're in your fourth season. Uh, tell us, you know, however you want to take this. Tell us a, a little bit about your experience. I mean, you started this podcast uh, by yourself. Yeah. You undertook this adventure uh, because you felt like it was a worthy uh, endeavor. Um, from your first season or your first episode to now in your fourth season, uh, are there any sort of lessons or learnings about yourself as a broadcaster, as a person that uh, sort of jump out at you? Oh my God, there are so many and I have a newfound respect for all creators. It is such a difficult process. It takes so much hard work and effort to create an episode so that's one. Um, it just and and consistency is the key. You just have to be consistent in what you're doing. And other than that, I guess as an as a professional, as an um, artist, I don't I don't even think I should be calling myself a creator and an artist. I'm a human rights activist who jumped into this pretty spontaneously. I didn't think much. I didn't think through much of it at the time. Uh, 
but it is a process it's it's a learning curve that you have to go through and i'm i'm pretty happy with where i am now um and but as i said it's it's it takes a lot of effort and time to create um just what, like a single episode no well i would tell you that uh i think you are an artist and a creator i think what you put out there is uh is amazing work and i think uh, a lot of people really appreciate that so don't sell yourself uh short there so oh thank you you're so um, kind so you have had a an expansive list of guests uh mm-hmm. at this at this point you have some really well-known well-established people on your on your show uh, you have a couple of scrubs like myself and Farah Khatwari, <laughs> who is also part of Indivisible Westchester. Uh, I'll have to take Farah and myself off the off the list, but are there any uh, shows or moments that really st- stuck out for you that, uh, as uh, for one reason or another? I mean, there are so many because, as as you said, I've had such a great list of guests and I've been so lucky and blessed because when I started out I wasn't expecting the kind of response that I got and I would just write to these amazing people and they were so receptive to the idea of coming on my show. Um, the one that really stands out right now um, is my conversation with Ahmed Ali Akbar. It's uh, yeah. episode 55 Absolutely. titled Wanna Have Some Ice Cream. And we talked about gins and um, it was such an interesting conversation because um, Ahmed brought this up that apparently he did this episode on gins and then he started getting all these. Now, what are gins, by the way? Because I think a lot of people listening to it may not know. Okay, so gins, and I'm not an expert on gins. I just want to clarify that. And whatever little research I've done so far after Ahmed's conversation, gins are these beings that are created out of fire and air and they and can based on the quran basically based, yeah uh, based on quran and they can take human and animal form and my understanding is that not all jinns are bad jinns so there are good jinns and bad jinns what was fascinating to me is when ali brought up this thing where he said that there were people after he did his episode people were calling him and they wanted to have sex with jinns oh wow which was which was which is crazy um so that was an interesting thing that really you know um stood out to me um other than that i mean i have had um so many diverse experiences showcased on my podcast honestly if i were to pick one it'll be very difficult yeah I can uh, understand but that. yeah but this was something that really was funny and crazy at the same time so i just wanted to bring that's, this up that's certainly different <laughs> very different, different than what yes. you discussed generally on your podcast yeah if someone who was not an immigrant right i think when i listen to your podcast uh i feel like it's not Obviously, it speaks to me, but I don't think it's limited to immigrants or non-immigrants. I think if you're an American, you're interested in this, uh, in your content and the podcast that you put out there. If someone who is not an immigrant, let's say a first-generation immigrant, um, what would you want them to get out of your podcast? What message would you want them to get? Uh, from listening to immigrantly. Donnie, you're absolutely right. This is not just for immigrants. Our podcast has evolved um, as it grew. It is for immigrants and non-immigrants. In fact, I have interviewed more non-immigrants, second-generation Americans, than immigrants. Um, uh, And the the irony of it all is that somehow in America right now, uh, your immigration status is conflated with 
your color, skin color, or ethnicity, or religion. So if you are not white Christian, you are assumed to be an immigrant, but second generation Im Americans are not immigrants, and I've interviewed a lot of them, including Ahmed Ali Akbar. Sure. Um, in terms of what message, you know, the simple message is that we are all humans first, and then we are whatever ethnicity, culture, religion, sexual orientation we belong to. And yeah. we have to remember that. And what connects us all is our shared humanity. And that's what we should focus on. We all have similar struggles. We all want to make um, our lives better and and focus on our achievements and make life better for our kids and next generations. And that's all of that's what all of us are doing. So rather than um, putting us all in different boxes and uh, labeling us, we should just look at our our shared humanity and just transcend beyond those biases that we currently have. And I think to some, very well put, uh, Sadia, and I think to some degree, that's what we all understand uh, American values to be, yeah. right? Like, I think that's people who come here, uh, people like myself uh, and you and others who come here, uh, that's what they're seeking. They're, they believe this country to be the place that will give you the space uh, that will focus on your shared humanity rather than the differences that you have. Yeah. And I think right now in the current climate, uh, part of the reason it, it feels like things are so crazy is because what we know and believe about this country to be true seems to be getting ripped away and i think that's part of the part of the problem at least as you know the way i see it that's absolutely true and honestly i feel like people who live outside the us believe in american values more than people who are living in the U.S. Uh, it's it's such point. an... Because by growing up, my father lived in America in the 70s. And so my um, perception of America was informed by his experiences mm -hmm. in the 70s. And he always talked about, and he still, he still does, talk about American values of equality and justice for all and diversity and inclusion. But when I came to the U.S., U.S. was already very paranoid. This was like obviously post 9-11. Everybody was so mistrusting of anyone who did not look like them. And that paranoia has manifested itself in 2016 elections, and we've seen that. So I guess we have to reclaim American, um, you know, values in, in some ways, which are lost right now. And they've been lost for quite some time. I, I think we give a lot of credit to 2016 elections and President Trump for doing that, but this was happening before uh, 2016 elections, even before 9-11, I believe. Yeah. And, and we have to recognize that uh, what's been happening, only then can we rise above all the bigotry and hatred that we have in this country right now. I agree. I agree this is something, uh, this wasn't started by Trump, exactly. so to speak, and I think it's, uh, uh, but certainly it has put everything in the forefront in a way that we are now uh, forced to make a decision on how yeah. we want to proceed. Um, to that end, you know, Shifting a little bit to the current events, we're right now in the middle of the impeachment process. The House has uh, voted out the uh, uh, the articles, two articles of impeachment. Uh, what are your thoughts? One of the things that I want to do, is, you know, love to get your general thoughts on the whole impeachment process. But you know, something that you said that people outside the United States 
almost hold our values even higher. Yeah. Uh, 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 they put us on a pedestal because of the values that we hold. Um, so when we're in a place where we feel the president of the United States is uh, doing something that goes against our constitution or goes against our values, uh, right now the country feels divided, the Congress feels divided, a lot of people are saying that this, is gonna, this won't go anywhere in the Senate, but what is... What are the implications in your mind of holding an American, forget about Trump, just holding any American president accountable uh, for things that we believe uh, were, were done wrong? And what are the implications to other countries outside the United States? I believe it is extremely crucial to do that. And I am so happy that um, Democrats did what they were supposed to do. And you're absolutely right. I don't think this president will be removed from office um, based on um, articles of, of impeachment that have been put for, forward. But it sends a message that, and it sets a right precedent that nobody is above law. And that is so important. And as you said, having grown up in a country that has had a rather tumultuous path to freedom and democracy, I grew up in 80s and 90s in Pakistan, especially in 80s when there was dictatorship. It was authoritarian rule. So I really, truly believe that we have to preserve democratic processes, values, um, principles and institutions. And right now what we see in America is that those, those institutions and principles are being challenged in a way. And they are extremely vulnerable right now. And whatever Democrats are doing, that is the right thing to do. I am disappointed in GOP not surprised. I, I feel like they are focused on the makeup of Supreme Court. Right. And I think that is what their end goal and their mm -hmm. end game is. And that's why they don't care for anything else that's happening. They don't care for our democratic principles or institutions. They, they are willing to compromise that. But I am hoping, I'm really hoping that there are citizens out there who really truly believe in their democratic principles and they will protect them, whether it's through impeachment, which I don't think is going to go anywhere, or through elections. And um, that's my hope. But I don't have any sense of, I don't think that GOP is going to rise up and have this epiphany and change everything. Uh, we've seen how they've become a party of conspiracy theorists and they are focusing on one goal, which is to have a more white Christian cisgender America. That's, that's it. And you know, it, it's interesting you mentioned um, having seen how things went in Pakistan. Um, you know, it was a, a relatively uh, functioning democracy mm. until the, you know, the, the military uh, uh, takeover and the coup. Exactly. And I think it's it's amazing to me how hard, once you go down that path, once you sort of lose your democratic values, uh, how hard it is to bounce back from that. And I think the U.S. Absolutely. has been, you know, to your point, just the, the sort of like the last great hope. Uh, of the world to, to be a, a, a sort of like a beacon of democratic values. And I think I, I completely agree with you. I hope we can, uh, you know, as they say, uh, we can keep our republic. Uh, so this will be important to watch and we'll see how, how things proceed. Yeah. 
So this has been a fantastic conversation, Sadia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, will you tell our listeners where they can find uh, Immigrantly Podcast? So they can find Immigrantly on all major platforms. We are everywhere. And they can go to our website. All our episodes are on our website as well, immigrantlypod.com. And then we have Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is immigrantly underscore pod. And our Instagram is immigrantlypod. And um, you can follow us. You can subscribe to us. And you can you can listen to our podcast and give us feedback. That's great. I encourage every one of our listeners to go check out the Immigrantly Podcast. It's some great content there, some great stories, and we can't wait to see what you have coming up next. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast, proud member of the Demcast Network. Find us online at indivisiblewestchester.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Most importantly, keep on resisting.